Okay out there in Marvelland, face front, this is Stan Lee speaking. You've probably never heard a record like this before because no one would be nutty enough to make one with a bunch of offbeat artists, so anything is liable to happen. Yes, the unmistakable voice of the one and only Stan Lee, Stanley Martin Lieber, who has left us at the uh, the young age of 95. No, obviously, uh, Stan lived a full life. So here on the Blackcast, uh, we're going to spend a little time talking about Stan the Man Lee, and that is indeed what they called him. Uh, welcome to the Blackcast, indeed. I am Christian Blatt, joined as uh, pretty much always by the one and only Jeff DeRay. Oh, uh, am I supposed to talk on this thing? Only sometimes. First show. <laughs> Jitters. <laughs> yeah. First time, long time. <laughs> First time, long time. And uh, he's uh, on I'll Twitter take my answer off the air. At Jeff DeRay. And uh, not much going on there right now, right? That's why I said I'll take my answer off, off the, the air. air. With us for this, uh, well, you know, the we like to have a celebration of the life of Stanley And uh, returning guest uh, for the Black Cast, making her third appearance... Amy Cassandra Martinez. Woo! I gave that to myself. Yeah, that's true. We should have probably been like, Twitter and Instagram at Amy Cassandra MTZ. And Amy, I will present to you the bell. Go ahead. Now we use it sparingly, which is not true. Go ahead. You hurt yourself with it. I probably should have left it on the desk. And also making a return appearance, uh, the one and only Zia Landersen, Zia Anderson, hey, on Twitter and Instagram, at Zia underscore Land. Zia, you've never even seen the bell no, before. How impressive is it? Kind of amazing. Wow. Kind it's, of in, amazing. it's engraved for 100 black casts right there. <gasps> and this is Blackcast 302. So that'll tell you how long we've had that. Uh, how long is that, Jeff? Uh, that's got to be at least two. Yeah, right. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so we put together this all-star panel to talk about Daredevil season three, but uh, 
in the interim from when we planned it, uh, Stan Lee did indeed pass away. So I thought uh, we should definitely spend a little time talking about that. And because this is the black cast, um, I'm going to go first, but I'm also going to let everybody else talk. I'm going to try to, you know, try to do something different this week, Jeff. I'm going to try and let everyone talk. How does what, that sound? If for we're it? doing something different, are we going to actually stay on topic this week? No, no, okay, probably good. not. No, I, I think we should at least when we talk about Stan, we should stay on topic. And uh, stand you know, by me. Oh, that's that's a very that specific d- three. Yeah, but that's three Morse clangers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's SOS is mm-hmm. what that is. <laughs> our our, our uh, not with us, Will Sterling. That was to let him know, like, dude, come on, <laughs> where are you, bro? <laughs> You're supposed to be here to shut him up. <laughs> But in any case, I just want to talk a little bit about Stan Lee. Uh, you know, we're recording this on, what, Thursday the 15th of November. I did almost say December. <laughs> but uh, just a little while ago, we recorded uh, an episode of Marvel Movie News, of which Amy is one of the co-hosts. And uh, Zia and myself were guests on it. Now, Zia and I are on Marvel TV Weekly, which is a completely different show, believe it or not. And just to confuse <laughs> things... Amy used to be on that show, and that's how I know her. Yep. But she's on the she's she's gone to the movies now. She's big time. Oh. Before that, she did uh, she did Marvel vaudeville news. But then she went hey. up to TV, and then the big time. In any case, I'm just imagining like a silent black and white vaudevillian like Deadpool rolling on the stage. <laughs> that would like, actually be amazing. Chase him around. They go to like title cards. Yeah. <laughs> hey you. <laughs> uh, so, but uh, when we recorded Marvel Movie News, we uh, talked uh, a lot about Stan. That's why Z and I were there. Also, because we were going to be in the building for the Black Cast anyway. So I kind of um, basically nudged our way on. Hey, you know we're gonna be there anyway, and we are part of the family. So can you have us on? Um, but one of the things I talked about was how when I was first aware of superheroes, it comes from cartoons. So I used to watch the Super Friends when I was a kid, which is essentially the Justice League. And I loved Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Now, it is not the best Spider-Man show, but uh, it was a great show if we were a kid. Spider-Man ever. No, I actually feel like the 60s one is worse, although I know Amy... Oh, I'm you, sorry. I thought I that was the same one. No, this is this is the no. one from the 80s. 80s yeah. It's yeah. cute. It, it, it's cute and it's in the ways that it's so poorly animated, yes. But you know, those were the times. That's what, <laughs> That's we, what we... I wasn't born yet. No. No, I, and by the way, neither was I. Contrary to popular belief, humans, I was not born in the sixties. Yeah, we as a society. <laughs> yes. So I loved that show, and uh, every episode was narrated by Stan Lee. So I only ever really knew Spider-Man associated with Stan Lee. So this idea that now Stan Lee's not around is like, oh my god, I can't believe this day finally came because you just you figured it had to. Had this happened 10 years ago, you'd be like, Stan, you had a great run. Five years ago, I'd be like, wow, that's great. But n- 95 years. I was starting to think he was going to live forever. Yeah, forever. I, I actually like thought yeah. that there, yeah. <laughs> Light of the world. <laughs> yeah, so yes. I, I wanted to get the fame I want to live forever ding, but there then you. it was still clangy from Jeff's bad joke. So let's just, you you're like, it, there Jeff. was no Jeff bad joke. <laughs> I'm getting uh, I'm getting eyes, but uh, so I always associate Stanley with Spider-Man, and look, Spider-Man will go on forever. Obviously, it was sad news, but it, it's different when it's like, man, that guy 
that guy just took a huge bite out of life and then took like 10 more bites, you know? So mm-hmm. good for Stan. We'll go around. And uh, Jeff, because you're a regular on the show, you will go second. That's the way it works. It's going to be a seniority <laughs> thing, so Zia's going to go last. <laughs> uh, but uh, Jeff, uh, your thoughts when you heard that Stan Lee was uh, passing away and uh, some of your thoughts on the man himself. Um, it was one of those things where I can't say I was surprised just because he was so advanced in age. Sure. But it was definitely sad. Um, I'm glad that it wasn't a drawn out thing for him, right? Like I would hate to hear one of those, like he's in the hospital bed for like three months and everybody's coming to see him. You, I like that you can kind of get your goodbyes that way, but it just feels like he deserved the kind, the end he got where it was just kind of one day he's there in full life and the next day he's gone. Oddly, I, I, I can't say that I've associated him as much with my memories of his work. It's just more the cameos in the movies, maybe? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I truly appreciate him and everything I know about him and everything I've read where it's like, I appreciate that it seemed, uh, just based on the way he lived his life, like, he really did it for other people's enjoyment, right? Like, he created these characters, and you hear these stories where you're like, you assume Stan Lee's like this trillionaire based on the idea you would assume he like owns all these characters and all this stuff but it's you see his house if you've ever seen any like thing where you're looking in his house you're like that could be my neighbor like that is not a very nice place so clearly it was all for the not like that but i'm just saying like it's not what you for the love of the game absolutely and i think that's it's fitting it's fitting that somebody who pioneered something from like goofy comic books for kids to what it has become today i'm i appreciate his contributions and it's sad that he's gone but i'm glad that it wasn't too painful yeah absolutely and uh one of the things uh amy that uh zach wilson brought up on uh marvel uh movie news i did almost call it the other show was that uh roy thomas who had become an editor after stan said that he was either with Stan or spoke with Stan uh, within the last few days before he died, and he just you got the sense that Stan was ready to go. His wife had passed away like a year and a half earlier, and you you fairly often hear that sort of thing. I mean, after my grandmother died, my grandfather, not even two years later, you know, you just sort of, I, I can't imagine when you spend that much time with someone, you know, and in Stan's case, I believe it's more than 60 years he was with his wife. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, I don't... Yeah, it's like, well, how am I going to do this without them? So I imagine that that was a a part of it. But, uh, Amy, some of your thoughts about Stan, maybe earliest memories of figuring out who this guy is and just how he's sort of like the Walt Disney of Marvel Comics, you know? Oh, I like that. Yeah, it's nicer than calling him Hugh Hefner, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But didn't Disney actually, like, own his stuff? Yeah, Disney owned his stuff, so he's not like Walt Disney. Yeah, so it's 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 true. He's, he's like, like the guy who actually invented Mickey yeah. Mouse and everything else for Disney. <laughs> so he's more like the Nikola Tesla to his Thomas Edison. Yes, wow, nice reference. He, yeah, exactly. He invented the Stan Lee coil, and then Edison stole it. Yeah, but to the same, but as the forefront of Marvel Comics, yeah, he didn't own any of the characters. He didn't have to be involved in any of the movies. It was just more of a, a show of respect that you know he is an executive producer on so many projects associated with these characters you know and uh i think that that says a lot about him but for you amy Mm -hmm. what uh what are some of your thoughts about stan well i mean starting from when i found out about it um it was just i don't know like yeah we saw it coming eventually like he wasn't you know gonna be a thousand years old 
but it just felt sudden and like I it felt like the wind got taken out of me a little bit it was it was a shock so just you know in the last year or so I've been able to do more things that are Marvel related I feel like I've really gotten to understand what Marvel is all about and of course like him having such a ginormous part in that um I think even like the first time I saw him it was a cameo and I was like he's cool and then I realized like oh okay like you know obviously my friends around me were like hey that's Stanley he's kind of a big deal yeah <laughs> and so after that I was like yeah wow this is crazy and then now you know that I know so much more about Marvel and like he will always be a legend it's you know there's this is whole saying in social media now these cool kids these days they say if they love someone they're like i stand them well i stand stanley i didn't even realize that was a thing it's how a appropriate thing. that you stand stan i stand stanley uh, i would say i also stand stan zia <laughs> whom i also stand um, <laughs> but i don't stand I don't, I don't i don't understand what's going on me either uh, but Zia, I your thoughts? By it. Um, <laughs> your thoughts on Stan the Man Lee? I was uh, definitely also like maybe kind of taken off guard just because again I kind of I you assume that it's going to happen at some point because he was ninety five, mm-hmm. but I still was like oh whoa because I just I wasn't expecting it or thinking about it. I really did start to think he was going to live forever. Um, and actually, Christian, you were the one that first told me about it because I was at work. So when I'm on the floor, I can't be on my phone. I wasn't looking at the news or anything yet. So when you sent me the text message, my apron vibrated and I looked at it and was like, oh no. Yeah. And then later. Interestingly enough, the way I got the news, Jeff, is from our uh, Facebook messenger friend, Rick Navarro, ah. who is a listener of the Blackcast and uh, the old Dennis Miller show. And he met, texted it, I think, to myself and Will and you, but it's your Facebook messenger, which I feel like you don't use. I like never checked yeah. that. So, <laughs> so uh, that's how I found out, though. And then I, I quickly like looked around. I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah. So just mm-hmm. you always want to double check these things. And you're like, yep, everybody's saying it. Mm-hmm. So I was the bearer of bad news. For you, you Zia. Damn it, Christian. Yeah, if it wasn't for me, Stan would still be alive in your head. For probably another three hours or four hours until I got off work and checked yeah. my news feed. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure, according to cartoon rules, that means he actually is alive, like when you're floating in the air. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Perfect. Um, yeah, but for Stan, a lot of what I knew him from was, again, the movies with the cameos, and then, you know, upon further investigation, you're like, oh, that's that's who Stan Lee is. Um, and I think a lot of what is so cool about Stan, just besides the fact that he created all of this stuff, and like you said, Jeff, he kind of really did it just for the love of doing it. And I think Zach said he, you know, just on Marvel Movie News, he wanted to be a novelist. So mm-hmm. he created such awesome characters. And I think um, what I also really love about him was I never got a chance to meet him. But I've seen and talked to many people who have, people I've worked with who just saw him at the street. And he's, or at the street, on the street, um, he's so nice to everybody. He must get that so much. And it must be exhausting, especially when you get older. But he's always been so sweet and so cordial with everybody. And he takes a picture with everyone. And he really, you can tell he really loves and appreciates his fans. And I think that is awesome. Yeah, I could imagine, like, even before Comic-Cons got to mm-hmm. the level they are now. Like, say, going back to a comic book convention, even 25, 30 years ago, you probably couldn't get across the room if you were Stan Lee, you know? Yeah. I've only ever seen that once in my life, which was with uh, my friend uh, Andrew Breitbart, who uh, unfortunately passed away a number of years ago. I was at a... Uh, 
political action conference in Washington, D.C., and he was, you know, best known for basically co-creating the Drudge Report and Huffington Post. And so all these people just would flock to him. And I realized, like, if I stand with him, I'm never going to get across this room. So I was like, okay, I'll see you later. <laughs> and uh, I caught up with him later that night at dinner. And he's just like, yeah, I know. It's just like, you just are like, these people want to talk to me. And that's, you know, sort of like a, a humbling sort of thing. And for me, I don't have the in-person meeting with Stan, but I do have a little story about something that made me realize just how humble Stan Lee could still be even after all these years. When I was the producer of Dennis Miller's radio show, uh, I just thought it'd be fun to have Stan Lee as a guest. So I figured I had to get in touch with him. He was uh, still doing uh, POW Entertainment at that time. And I just left a message. And I, um, in my office uh, probably a day later, and I answer the phone, and there's a voice on the other end of that phone. And he's, is this Christian? And I'm like, oh, my God, Stan Lee is calling me. That voice that I've heard my whole life. Oh and this is all a split second. I'm like, <clears throat> Yeah, this is Christian. <laughs> Hello, this is Stan Lee. I'm like, I know. I'm just imagining the like urine stain just like circling out as we you're just have, trying to keep it. Yeah, well, we we may have had to get a new carpet, whatever, Jeff. Um, but it's 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 just like the way he would start every Spider-Man is amazing. Friend. This is Stan Lee. I'm like, I know. So, uh, and what he said was just it was such like a humbling thing, just. It, I don't know, I always adored the guy, and it made me like him so much more. And uh, I, I told this to Dennis just the other day on his podcast, the Dennis Miller option on Podcast One, uh, that uh, he said, are you sure that Dennis Miller would want to talk to me? I'm like, are you kidding? <laughs> of course he's going to want to talk to you. He loves you. He read all of your comics when he was a kid. And he's like, and you didn't really have anything to promote, and it's like, it, it didn't matter. Mm -hmm. You know, like, no, you're Stan Lee. We're going we're gonna to have you on the radio show. We had him on a few times. And it was always great to set up that call, you know, where you're like, all right, Stan, hang on, we'll be back in a minute. And I'm like, I didn't really need to do that, but it was an excuse to, you know, click back. <laughs> I would only do it for the big stars, you know? Oh, yeah. You know, it's just, it's just what you do. I've definitely done that before. It's like, Jeff, unlock him. Unlock them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna say oh, hi. I'm gonna do that. Yeah. And then sometimes there's there's like, see, this is where the the uh, the tangents start. But sometimes you'd be on with somebody just letting them know, okay, we'll be back in three minutes, and then they'll just talk to you. And the one that surprised me was Tom Hanks. He just wanted to like, shoot the shit for three minutes. What? And I'm like, what? You know, I'm like, okay, uh, sure. And they were he was in Italy shooting the sequel to Da Vinci Code. So, you know, Inferno. he's probably... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, I just didn't remember <laughs> the name of it. I'm a huge like, Tom I Hanks know. fan. I mean, who isn't a huge Tom Hanks no, 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 fan? No, no, no. Angels and Demons was the sequel. Inferno was the third one. Okay. So, she doesn't even know what okay. she... Oh, okay. fired! Get out of here! Fired. Amy, All right. are you a fan or not? I'm a stan. That's even better <laughs> I, than a fan. You stan... I stand Tom Hanks and everything he does. I may not know the order, <laughs> yeah. but I support everything he's ever done and ever, uh, anything he will do in the future. Have you, have you seen The Money Pit? No. Okay, so just check that out. I don't and care. Come back to me. I, it's come back to Tom me. Hanks and Meryl Streep. Joe versus they can the do Volcano? No no. Okay. That's one of my goals in life to Just, watch every single Tom Hanks movie, that's every a great single goal. Meryl Streep movie. I mean, maybe do Meryl's movies first, just to just no. uh, there might be better. The Tom, oh. no, Tom has great movies, but he's got some others. Ricky and the Flash much? <laughs> I don't even know that one. That's a bad Meryl Streep movie. Oh, okay. That well, came out more recently. Oh, yeah, that's true. Oh, wow. Yeah, she started to be a little bit less. Isn't one of her kids in that or something? 
Yeah, I think her daughter. Yeah. So Isn't her name Mamie. I think you're right. Okay. Ma- Mamie. Ooh. Oh. That's right. Oh. Jeff All right. Looks Mr. Now. Robot. Right. Oh. <laughs> what? Romy She's Malik. in Mr. Robot. Romy Malik, okay. his name is. Not yet. Uh, oh, that uh, anyway. Mm-hmm. Anyway. <laughs> so, see, that, that's, this is how it starts. Yeah. So, of course, we're talking about Stan. I've done right? it. I've ruined the episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did when you didn't talk in the first minute when I asked you to say hi. Oh, that was bad? I thought that was funny. <laughs> well, oh, we're, used to it. we're used to it now. Uh, so, uh, Stan would be on the Dennis Miller show uh, a few times over the course of, uh, of the run. One of which I just strong armed my way. I just asked Dennis. I was very comfortable at this point. I was his on air co host essentially, and I was like, you know, I'd really like to ask Stan a question at the end. He's like, all right, that's fine. So uh, I got to ask Stan a question, and it went a little something like this. Hi, Stan. Uh, my name's Christian. Uh, thrilled to talk to you. I just wanted to know you have so many great cameos in all the recent Marvel movies. I wanted to know if you had a personal favorite. And I want to tell you that for me, I it was you as Willie Lumpkin in Fantastic Four because I loved seeing you play one of the characters you created. But it was actually replaced just a few years ago as the librarian wearing the headphones, completely oblivious to the fight between <laughs> Spider Man and the Lizard. So those are kind of like tied for my favorite. But do you have a favorite is my favorite because it gave the viewer a chance to see how musically adept i am <laughs> i was keeping time to the tune by tapping my fingers and if you were observant you would have seen that i tapped my fingers to such perfect melody and rhythm <laughs> no i love that one and there was spidey fighting for his life with against the lizard behind me and i was totally unaware. that was stan's answer Maybe in 2014 as to that was Stan's answer in 2014 <laughs> as to what his favorite cameo was at that point. Do you regret having me on yet? or? <laughs> uh, I regret this nothing. Is, yeah. You're the only person left to co-host Marvel TV Weekly okay. with me. So All of my co-hosts have left over the course of the year plus that we've done it for greener pastures and also Tennessee in the case of Michael Shirley. Oh. But, uh, if, she think that, if she thought that was ruining the episode and or that that would get her booted, clearly she's never listened. <laughs> Listen to any of our episodes. No one's ever listened to the Black Cast. Yeah, they're, they're, the standards for the Black Cast are they're, they're they're not standards. Our cassette tape distribution network is getting thin. <laughs> which yeah, you know, it's instead of like the guys that come up to you, you know, on the street trying to sell you CDs, we're just yeah. trying to sell you cassettes of the Black Cast. That's fine. Aww. I stand on Rodeo, like, hey, hey, you want to hear a podcast? Podcast, <laughs> podcast. You got a new track? <laughs> Podcast, podcast. Uh, so that was uh, that was Stan's answer. That uh, at that time the cameo from Amazing Spider-Man was his favorite, uh, and he believes that he kept time in it. I'll let you rewatch it and decide if uh, perhaps that was the usual Stanley uh, bluster and bravado. I was then able to have the occasion to literally ask the exact same question of him two years later on The Tomorrow Show with Kevin Undergaro, uh, the fearless leader here at AfterBuzz and the Popcorn Talk Network. And uh, that went like this. Uh, yeah, Stan, uh, one final question. You were talking about the movies earlier, and we know that the, the movies, a huge part of them is your cameo in those movies. We were wondering what if you have a favorite that stands out that was the most fun to do. Uh, we probably each have ours, but we're sort of wondering what you think was well, the best. Well, they were all fun to do, but my favorite is the one where uh, 
I'm with Thor and he's drinking something. And I asked for a drink and he says, no, it's too strong for you. But I insist that he gives it to me. And in the next scene, they're dragging me away. And I'm saying, shake Joshua. And the reason, the reason that's my favorite, it's the only one I've done that was two scenes. So let that be a hint for the directors from now on. I want a couple of scenes. Yep, I like that. Uh, Our friend Will Sterling, who's not here, at a certain point, hated the Stanley cameos. Because... (gasps) He was cool with them at first, and then he started to feel like they started taking away from the movie. But then, the last year or so, he kind of came around. He's like, ah, Stan, he's a lovable guy. He liked the one in Venom. So I feel like he... But the one that I know he hates, Tony Stank, which I think is funny. I think that was really funny. That was one of the three I sent in. Yeah, at some point, we'll we'll revisit this issue with William and and see (laughs) what he thinks about, you know, is he able to pick a favorite... Uh, I always enjoyed them. There were definitely times it was distracting from the movie. Uh, his delivery was sometimes better than others, but I always enjoyed seeing him. I was always happy to see Stan in the movies. Favorite Stanley? Are we doing favorite yes, Stanley cameos? That's exactly what I was okay. about to transition to before you asked me if we were going to transition to it. Hey, are we transitioning to that thing you asked me that? <laughs> yes, we are, Caitlin. My favorite. <laughs> nice. Deep You're cuts. Uh, the deepest cut. Uh, Ouch. My favorite Stanley cameo is actually in a DC movie that we all watched together and for you, my birthday. And by all, you don't mean the girls that are here. I was no. gonna say I, I was like, not I invited didn't to this. Me neither. Cool. Thanks, Jeff. That's I great. think you I guys, actually. No, no, no. You were invited to my birthday party. You yeah. just didn't Did RSVP. Yeah. I don't think I even knew Zia yet. But it's true. I didn't invite <laughs> no. Amy, and that, that was. I feel so uh, left out right what now. What was that? It was a great cameo, by the way, because I know which one. I mentioned it on Marvel Movie News. Teens. Teen Titans go to the movies. It was a great cameo. Great cameo. Come on. Gene Wilson's soundstage must be around here somewhere. Hey, I'm Stanley doing my subtle cameo. Excuse me, Mr. Stan. This is a DC movie? Oh, gee, I gotta get out of here. Hey, Stanley! I'm back. I don't care if it's a DC movie. I love cameos. Not now, Stanley! Excelsior! I was just surprised to see it. I was like, wait, what? Stanley's doing DC? Because I saw that in theaters. Mm-hmm. I was like, Stanley's yeah. doing DC movie cameos now? What's happening? Which, that's how big Stanley yeah. was. So great. Pretty much. And it was a fantastic cameo. Yeah. I, I definitely agree. That's a great one. Uh, Zia, do you have a number one favorite? If you if you have trouble picking one, you can you can mention a couple if, if that makes life easier. I had a hard time, but um, it was... The Tony Stank was one of them. And then one that I sent to uh, Christian. That's me. See what I'm doing, Zach? <laughs> that I sent to Zach for Marvel Movie News that didn't he didn't put it on the list was The Age of Ultron, where he's with uh, Thor is talking about the alcohol that's been, you know, aged for however long. Oh, that's and he's mine. Like, it's not for mortal men. Oh, that's That's yours? the same one. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, okay, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah why. so I think we described them differently. Okay. Yeah, that that's the sense. one that became Stan's favorite in 2016. Where he's a veteran. Oh, he's a veteran. Right. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. one of Capsule Drinking Buddies. Yes. And then he, he takes Drunkenly a drink from Thor. Yes, he did. That's right. I don't know why my brain like yeah. did not pick up on that. But yes, that's the that And was that's my the favorite. one that's yeah. over two scenes, which yes. yeah. So uh and what was the hard choice between that one and which one? Was it, Tony Stank? It was Tony Stank, yeah. and then I had to pick Deadpool, obviously, because I love that <laughs> in, strip in, club. Hey, coming on to our stage right now. Give it up for chastity. 
Walking, <laughs> yes. walking out of the theater, that was my favorite Stanley cameo. Oh, and then I had amazing. to kind of put them all in context. I love that Deadpool one. That so is great. definitely a favorite. That's yeah. a top five. Yes. Uh, but the Amy. Garden, oh, yeah, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Oh, I no, thought we were going. No, no, that's all right. Guardians 2. That's a great mm-hmm. one. When we he's a watcher. That that's yeah. a good one. That's a fantastic one. But Amy, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if your number one is the one that you talked about on the show. But uh, talk about the one from an unlikely movie, yep. especially for a <clears throat> Tobey Maguire hater. Yeah, I said it. Oh, my wow. gosh. He was great in Seabiscuit. But <laughs> <laughs> a Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man hater. Yeah, nah. Mm-hmm. And you don't like Andrew Garfield either, right? I do. Oh, okay. I do. <laughs> you sounded like, that was like a, like a 20s movie. Oh, I do. She I likes do. Andrew Garfield like he likes lasagna. How many times have you made that joke? <laughs> Every time I make that joke, and I will never stop making that joke. I just got oh, it. So thank my, you. My son loves the Andrew Garfield Thanksgiving special. We're gonna watch it again this afternoon. He loves the Andrew Garfield Thanksgiving special. Anyway. Um, yes. 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 That, yes. Yes. That was my normal as Miles mind. Morales. I, uh-huh. I ship Garfield Spider-Man right now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I want to let you actually speak. <laughs> um, yes, my favorite one was from Spider-Man 3 with Tobey Maguire. You know, I guess one person can make a difference. Enough said. And yeah. that just, he's right next to, I mean, he, he has his, um, what is it? The top part of your costume. You take it off. Just what the is mask? The, thank you. Yeah. The mask. He had the mask Starring Jim Carrey. The mask. <laughs> he had that off and he was just telling... Help. <laughs> <laughs> he was just telling, uh, you know, Spidey that slash Peter. Yeah. And that just was like, oh, it's true. And it's great that the modern movie audiences are able to see Stan and just he takes on this larger-than-life quality, mm-hmm. which he kind of always had, even when there were just the comic books, even before the cartoons really caught on. Just in the pages of the comic books, he just created this idea that, like, Marvel was this coolest place you ever went to, and, you, you know, if you were ever lucky enough to go there. And, as a matter of fact, I was lucky enough to go to Marvel Comics in fourth grade. <gasps> my uh, The art teacher at my school, I guess, had a cousin who worked there, and we went. We took a tour. I got posters. It was I got we got free comics. We talked to all these people that I knew who they were, and it was amazing. But Stan wasn't there, so I was like, "No, oh, okay, yeah, thanks, thanks so much for that." <laughs> no, it was it was awesome, but it was definitely disappointing. At yeah. that point, this was the late '80s. Stan wasn't going into the New York office, and he was like, you know, handling the TV and the unfortunate fledgling movie side of of Marvel and and by fledgling I mean look at 1990 Captain America look at the Roger Corman Fantastic Four you know uh, some of the some of the misfires you know movies that might as well have been directed by Zack Snyder oh I said it ooh, uh, ooh what are you gonna do about fired. it wow. Will yeah, you can hit, look it's here it's here for the use go ahead if you feel like it's I'm appropriate scared. last time I hurt myself it's because Bam. it's on the desk now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, no, look, it was an amazing thing to go to the, the Marvel bullpen. But he created this idea that everybody, like, worked in these close quarters. He also 
created the idea that they liked each other, which that's the craziest part. Mm-hmm. Because the interesting thing about Stan is, look, he is listed as co-creator on, on all of these characters. And it's easy to sort of brush past the co-part, but the artists were heavily involved, and that was the style that they used. That was what they developed as the Marvel method. Uh, you can think of it sort of like Ray Kroc taking McDonald's and then turning mm. it into a massive chain. Yes. So he has this idea. He's like, look, I have a lot of ideas you guys are amazing artists. Go ahead and draw these ideas, and then I'll go back and I'll write everything in. So who gets the real credit? You know, Stan came up with the idea. Stan wrote the dialogue. But they're all really co-creators. And Steve Ditko in particular had a problem with that. Uh, and he, I believe, left Amazing Spider-Man after only issue 33. So wow. it was. It's, it's crazy that it's not even a four-year run of Stan and Steve doing like Spider-Man and it's prime. And look, you read those stories, they're definitely dated. They're from 1962 onward. But there are elements to them that you're like, you know, especially the the superheroing parts, those are really those are kind of timeless and you can see like, oh my god, this is like this movie and that movie and also this cartoon series that I've seen and just so many of the great ideas come from the these earliest years. Um Jeff, have you ever read some like like early Spider-Man or early Fantastic any you know, like original runs? I know a lot of stuff that I've loaned you is like the seventies onward, but uh I don't know how early I've I've read, yeah. but I mean and I'm sure I feel like I've definitely read something about war bonds and something. Yeah, but I think that this, this, <laughs> that would be like the original Captain America comics. Which, by the way, the great cover for Captain America comics number one from 1939, Cap is literally punching Hitler in the face, which they, of course, incorporate into the first Avenger. You know, where in the little thing that they act out, the little stage show that Steve Rogers in, at the end of every show, he punches Hitler in the face, just like on the cover. So, you know, all these little things that find their way in there. So, you know... Stan is a little bit of Hugh Hefner. He's a little bit Walt Disney. He's a little bit P.T. Barnum because he's selling you something that isn't real. You know, it's like, yeah, 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 it's the house of ideas. Yeah, and uh, I'm the chief idea master. And, you know, uh, people found it difficult to work with him. But I'll tell you, Steve Ditko's creations without Stan and honestly, Jack Kirby's creations without Stan, some of them are good. But none of them are, are great like the Fantastic Four and like Spider-Man. And uh, you know what? Stan did always give credit to Steve Ditko that, yeah, Doctor Strange, that was him. Like, that was that that was his idea. Like, you know, I didn't even really have as much involved in that. So he would give credit, but, you know, people tend to not point to that stuff. And so there's just this legend about Stan that as much as people loved him because he was this figure. And look, you have that about Walt Disney as well. You have people that, you know, who worked for him and they'll be like, yeah, but he was uh, anti-union, you know, and stuff like that. So uh, you always have the, the other side, but uh, you can never, you can't question how great the mind was that came up with these ideas and just the fact that the first Marvel comic, the first official Marvel comic was Fantastic Four number one in 1961 and here we are almost 60 years after that and he was still contributing. He didn't write comics very often. Uh, it was very rare. I, I remember an amazing Spider-Man annual where uh, the, the Scorpion wanted to get married and Stan wrote the whole story uh, and so that was, it was always exciting. Like, oh my god, Stan wrote a comic. Uh, what were you going to say, Jeff? I was going to ask because um, I'd never heard anything like this. Was the relationship between Stan and Steve Ditko wasn't anything like a Bob Kane, Bill Finger, where? No, it's not that level. I don't think. But for uh, just a- explain what 
you like give a set because there's that great documentary yes. on Hulu. Uh, so it is Hulu, right? Bill, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Bill Finger's basically the guy who co-created Batman, but never got credit until Batman vs Superman, the one that came out like yeah. a few but years the, ago. Mo- yeah, what, one of the most recent ones. It always said created by Bob Kane. Yeah, and then the fact that the credit said and Bill Finger, you yeah. know, because his family he passed away a long time ago, a time ago. So posthumously, his family had been fighting for credit because basically, like. A lot of the quintessential aspects of Batman, and he stayed on, like helping him write it for a long time uh, in the early editions. Bill Finger, so he really had a large influence on creating Batman, but never got any credit for it until more recently. Wow! Yeah, me want to, literally just from that, I want to walk, watch the documentary. You, you now. Should definitely, <laughs> no, it's, it's a really great good. documentary. Batman and, and Bill, I think it's. I called think that is what Hulu. it's called. Yeah, and oh, there's oh, you know, okay. look, there's plenty of. Uh, if you go to your local library, you'll find great books about me, <laughs> Stan Lee. Anyway, um, so, uh, yeah, obviously uh, a very rich history and just the characters. It's just amazing all the things that were in Stan Lee's head. And nobody wrote dialogue the way Stan Lee did. Just this sort of, like, grandiose combination of words that no one would ever speak that way but it was just it was just exciting the way he did it because he put exclamation points at the end of everything you know and like his villains like talked in a way like Dr. Doom and the Green Goblin like you know it it wasn't just like hmm I'm gonna get you Mm, great thanks Joker you know so yeah I know I'm just picking on Batman left and right you know and Batman's like what did I do (laughs) um a lot Bruce okay you made your parents take you to the theater that's what you did Bruce anyway I'm glad to see you like that (laughs) he said I don't want to stay home wow (laughs) anyway we had fun that day you Uh, killed your parents yeah but we (laughs) obviously anyway uh, we welcome all of your feedback and you as in Black Cast Nation your thoughts about Stan Lee, memories, uh, some of your favorite uh, moments, appearances. Just did you meet him? Did you know him? Did you work for him? We definitely want to hear from you. I just, I'm sorry, but that just gave me a crazy idea. What if you got like a Batman story where it's basically you find out kind of like a Halloween style that he actually killed his parents as a child and he's been like living this whole fantasy in his head that he's this Batman and he's just going around like beating up innocent people and all this sort of shit. (laughs) I mean, I kind of think that's amazing. That yeah, I, sounds awesome. That would be a great Batman. I, I mean, I would do that as a movie. Yeah. 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 All right. Somebody make it. Why don't? Well, I don't. Why don't you? Yeah, I was gonna say. Why don't you make it? I know. Yeah, somebody make it. Like no, a lot me. of work. Yeah. That's it. Like that's a another lot. thing I'm not gonna do this This amazing anymore. idea, but I will put no effort into it. Uh, anyway, so we could talk about Stan all day. You see, it's funny. She barely knows Jeff, and yet you know him so well. Mm-hmm. It's like there's effort involved. So, <laughs> nah. Um, did you know that uh, you've been playing the Spider-Man game a lot lately, Jeff? Uh, well, or when I'm, it came out. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Did you know there's a cameo from Stan in it? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So I didn't know because I'm not cool enough to play video games, mm-hmm. and that was he one of He straight up says, <clears> like, <throat> you two are yes, my favorite. And he's talking okay. about MJ and... Uh, Peter. Which, they were always my favorite. Look, Gwen Stacy's a nice girl, okay? But she's not Mary Jane. She's not even in the game. Felicia Hardy is, though. And oh, they're like, I love me some Black Cat. Yeah, they just did the whole thing where she basically... Uh, so they, they started releasing the DLCs, and in the first one, she basically is like, oh yeah, I gave up my baby from, you know recently when we were hooking up and so like you go through a whole thing where peter's basically like 
did I get her pregnant? And he has to tell MJ. And then as soon as he like tells MJ, you get to the end of the thing. And it's like, oh, yeah, there was never a kid. She was clearly tricking you, which I could tell right away. I was like, you, you're really buying into this? Now, everyone in the audience knows what a DLC is. But, uh, uh, you know, uh, for, for their sake, just uh, let them know uh, what exactly that is. Oh, that's amazing. I'm glad you enjoyed that so much. Uh, obviously they know, but just to remind them what it is. So, so because video games are greedy now, they don't just release the whole game at once. They make other parts oh, of the game, and then they release it for extra money later on. Sometimes, and it is it makes sense, like in the with the Spider-Man game, the original game is very complete and good on its own. Yeah. These are just additional stories. So if you're like me, and you play games obsessively till you're done with them, and then you're like, well, now what do I do with my life? Yeah. They have more things you can waste your time with. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, that is our uh, look back on Stanley. <laughs> uh, but obviously so much more to say, including from Amy Cassandra Martinez. Well, I just wanted to share a little story of that one time that I did meet Stanley. Oh, my gosh. I didn't even ask you. So yeah. please, yes. Yeah. Please share. Okay, I will. So it was <laughs> Alamo City Comic Con in San Antonio, 2014. And my, well, he's my husband now, but like we went and we had saved up some money to afford to buy a, like a ticket or whatever the heck. You get like a special like like meet and greet. Yeah, pass, yeah, yeah. To to take a picture with Stanley, we were kind of nervous about it because we were still in college. And we're like, I don't know. We're like, we have to. We just like, yeah. This is not an opportunity that comes around very often. Well, look, it's not like it's Comic Con in San Diego. It's not like it's in Los yeah. Angeles. It's not in New York. I, I'm not going to say he never goes to San Antonio, but it probably wasn't it was that often. Yeah, yeah. And it was a pretty new Comic Con too. So they were trying to get like big names, and obviously they did a really good they job. They got the biggest. <laughs> Yes. Um, so it was crazy because there was a huge line. And so we're waiting there. And I'm looking at everyone that's coming back around after they've taken a picture with Stan. And I'm like, oh, my God, look at their faces. They're just kind of in a daze. Like, I can't believe I just took a picture with freaking Stanley. That's crazy. So then by the time we, like, we get to the front of the line, the little, like, what is it? The cloth. What is it? Curtain. There we go. Ooh. Curtain. Uh, Curtain and mask. You don't like cloth, do I you? I don't. It's hard <laughs> to remember. Um, yeah, as soon as the curtain opens up. Yep. Um, there he is. And so we, like, walked in. And I was like, <gasps> that's him. And I was like, Amy, play it cool. Don't be a weirdo. And then I just, like, we took the picture. It just happened very quickly. But there was, legit, there was like, an aura around him of amazingness, and it was so cool. And I just, I didn't want to touch him because he was so, like, fragile. And, like, I mean, this was mm, five years ago or so. Like, he was okay. But it's yeah. just, you know, when no, it's someone that important. But, I mean, he was still in his yeah. 90s. So yeah. you were like, hey, Stan. Yes. I, it's one of those things where, like, if you see something so beautiful, you just, like, don't want to touch it. Does that sound weird? Well, I mean, Stan would say that no one had ever seen anyone more beautiful than Stanley. See, um, so there you go. By the way, in talking about all these great Stanley cameos, there is a great, probably the best 
in a film appearance of Stanley, hands down for me, oh, is, oh, you know what it is. I just thought Mall about it. Yeah, I was literally going to... I was literally... Gonna, gonna, yeah. I was literally so that's what this hand was up before was to remind me. I was going to go to it's that. It's so amazing. That's and crazy. to the extent that Stan Lee's face appears on the poster for Mallrats, uh, you know, Shannon Doherty was in it, and uh, Ben Affleck, and And he Jason answers Lee. questions about their genitalia. Which is great. Yeah, it's, it's just like... He's, your friend has a lot of questions about superhero <laughs> genitalia. And it, he just shows up a few times as sort of the, and Kevin Smith has talked about like he wrote like a made up character, like a Stanley sort of character, and somebody said, like, why don't you try and get Stanley? He's like, Ah, Stanley won't do it. Well, of course Stanley would want to appear in a movie as Stanley. And uh, for anybody that hasn't seen Mallrats, it is a bit of an uneven film, let's say, but uh filled with laughs and Stan is great. You um, looking at that couple inside? Actually, I was just looking at this uh, little pink number over here. Oh, yeah, that's kind of nice. They look happy, don't they? What, the bras? No, the couple. They look happy. I guess, as far as couples go. You know, it reminds me of an issue of Spider-Man I did when Peter Parker and Gwen Stacy went lingerie shopping. Of course, the Green Goblin showed up, and he pumpkin bombed the hell out of the place but aside from that it it's pretty much the same thing oh my god holy shit aren't you oh stanley hi the fantastic four reed richards can his whole body stretch i mean every part you know like his hey <laughs> i know what you mean we never really tackled stuff like that in the old days i mean what with the comic book code and all I can't believe I'm standing here talking to you. You're responsible for the greats. Let's do the list. Spider-Man. Guilty. The Incredible Hulk. Afraid so. Oh, man, this is so cool. The X-Men. Now that you mention it. Shit, man, you are a god. Hey, look at that couple. Boy, they sure seem to be in love, huh? You know, what's with that? That's the second time you've commented on couples in love. Well, I, I like that sort of thing. Tell me, do you have a girlfriend, Brody? Had one. We just broke up. The thing, is this dork made of orange rock like the rest of his body? <laughs> it's a superhero secret. Tell me, Brody, uh, why did you and your girlfriend break up? She was a pain in the ass. She wanted me to be this typical boyfriend guy. Said I was too into my own world of comics and all. Yeah, I can relate. There was a time when it was all about comics for me. You know, I, I had a girl probably the same as yours. She always complained that I spent too much time with my own comics and, uh, Eventually, we broke up. See, what did she know? Here you are now, a legend in the field. Probably had a slew of women since her, am I right? Oh, lots of women. Jagger and me, we had a running contest to see who had the most. Matter of fact, last time I looked, I was way ahead. Damn, that's hot! But I never forgot that girl. Well, did you ever get back together with her? One day, I found out she got married. I had blown it. I had uh, missed my window. What'd you do? I went on with my life. I created some special new superheroes. Uh, they were characters that reflected my own heartbreak and my own regrets. How so? Dr. Doom wears body armor to conceal his own mangled form, right? Yeah. Okay. That was me beneath the armor. The Hulk. A normal guy one minute, a rage of emotions the next. Just like me, when I thought about what I'd given up. So you created each character as a way to deal with your one big regret. Yeah, the girl that got away. Look, do yourself a favor, Brody. Don't wait, because all the money, all the women, 
Even all the comic books in the world, they can't substitute for that one person. I don't know all the comics in the world. Trust me, true believer. Well, good talking to you. Keep up all the good work. You keep reading them. I'll keep writing them. Hey, Stan. Yeah. She really meant that much to you? Brody, I'd give it all up. All of it. For just one more day with her. Take care. Stan. Hi. Hey. Hey, you know, I think he bought it. Yeah? yeah? Yeah, what kind of story did you give him? Oh, it was the vulture soliloquy, you know, from the Spider-Man anniversary issue. Love, be a vulture tonight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I can't thank you enough, Mr. Oh, forget it. But, you know, I think you ought to get him some help. He seems to be really hung up on superhero sex organs. But you'll outgrow it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, Mr. Lee. Yeah. Excelsior. Oh, you got that right. See ya. I sort of redefine... Stanley. It's almost like John Travolta appearing in Pulp Fiction. All, all of a sudden, he became like, oh, no, no, he's, he's not that guy from Welcome Back, Cotter. He's he's the guy who's going to be in Face Off and, <laughs> and then be in the Punisher War Zone, unfortunately. And, and then be the mom Earth. in Hairspray. No, that was a, yeah, that's true. That was a good <laughs> turn for him. But uh, anyway, I just felt like uh, it was uh, it was well worth mentioning that. We've got some other uh, reflections on the life of Stanley, so uh, let's uh, visit with some other friends who want to tell you about that. We're not good enough for you? No. Black Cast Nation, it's at Will Sterling underscore, currently in Big Bear, California. Coming to you live, live from the field. We're going to do it live. I've got me and Dave the dog. We're on a little vacation trip in Big Bear, and it's a delight. He's surprisingly well-behaved. Anyway, I want to tell you guys how I feel about Stan Lee, which if any of you, you know, know the way that I've talked about him in the past on the show, uh, I was getting a little tired of the cameos, but truth be told, I love Stan Lee. There's a lot of things that we wouldn't have without Stan the man, even artistically. Really, the most important thing that I have to thank him for is pushing Jack Kirby away from Marvel, driving him to DC to create uh, the new gods and Dark Side, which is really one of the greatest DC creations that's ever happened. And then watching Marvel steal the idea of Dark Side back from them and then create Thanos. That's just a wonderful part of comic book history. And uh, Jack Kirby had a lot of great ideas and he was able to bring them to DC. So listen, home team, hometown, I'm just saying, that wouldn't happen without Stan Lee. But... Oh, <laughs> All shittiness aside, um, I've been a Spider-Man fan since I was a little kid, like most kids, and uh, Fantastic Four as well. And those are my two Marvel originals. I hadn't bought a Marvel comic book in over 10 years, and when they finally restarted the Fantastic Four, I had to pick it up. Because um, I love the original the original family, the original Marvel family. Obviously, Stan Lee is, is such a big influence on people across, across the board in any kind of pop culture genre. And the cameos, I always gave a hard time. The reason I didn't like the cameos was that I didn't appreciate when they would like specifically film scenes just for a Stanley cameo that kind of detracted from the overall narrative. But at the end of the day, they were charming and sweet. And I don't have anything against the man. I think that he's a pretty good dude, despite some of the, the you know, the feelings on how people feel about him and Steve Ditko. Or Jack Kirby. Um, he's really, we wouldn't have modern day comic books and we wouldn't have this pop nerd culture that's become so so prevalent uh, across the board without somebody like Stan Lee. So uh, 
I've got a request from Christian here. I'm going to read it live. Christian's asked me to do this recording and he just sent me, he said, and I did the stand voice a few times. Okay. So I should probably do mine as well. Uh, because what would it be without Excelsior? I remember when I invented Dave, the dog, I saw the Hulk climbing on the wall and he wasn't wearing any pants. I saw his exposed schlong hanging out. And I thought to myself, there's a dog out there somewhere who deserves a story of his own, who should be able to run around and sling webs out of his out of his his paws and be spider dog. So I came up with Dave the dog. So anyway, that's my uh, that's my love for Stanley, which is which is immense. You know, I, I'm probably not as obsessed as a lot of people are. But there's no denying that there is no modern day comic books and there is no modern day pop culture without Stan Lee. So we have a lot to owe him and we will forever be in his debt. And of course, of course, we all love him. So you guys, thanks for listening to my little spiel. And uh, you listen to my podcast. It's time to sell the soap. Journey Home is a book about my travels. And it's also available on Amazon also. And the Motivation Report can be found at Motivate Report on Twitter. Okay. See you guys. Hey there, Blatcast Nation. It's Christian Blatt's best friend since childhood, Rob Lorich. When I heard Stan died, I wanted to, because I was receiving texts from friends and family, because out of all my friends and certainly out of my family, I'm probably the comic bookiest guy out of all the comic book guys I know. And so yeah, everyone's like, did you hear? I'm like, one of, that's how I found out actually, as a friend said, hey, did you see this? He, he sent me a link. I'm like, oh, that sucks. But obviously he was 95. Nobody's shocked when a 95 year old man dies. And, but I was trying to think, because people have asked me, you know, when did you first get into comics? And I said, uh, it probably goes back to 1978. I would have been six years old. My whole family was going out to dinner or something. It was at night and we we're at a local mall. And my mom had to run in for something at the mall. And she came out with a Marvel three pack. And it had Fantastic Four 195, Incredible Hulk 224, and Amazing Spider-Man 180. It's from 1978. I think those issues were May and June. And then they grouped them together a couple months later. But those are my first comic books, and I still have those to this day. They're beat to hell, but because I, I reread them over and over and over again. And I realized Stan Lee, thinking about since he died now, Stan Lee is the first author I ever knew. He's the first author, first writer in any medium, in any form that I knew his name. Because every Marvel comic started with Stan Lee Presents. And then somewhere in the middle of the issue, you'd have Stan's Soapbox, where he'd talk about whatever he wanted. And then you have the bulletin, pen bulletin, talking about the other editors and writers and artists and what they were doing at Marvel. And then you'd occasionally see like a little comic drawing of Stan selling, I don't know, Grit Magazine or whatever was going on in the comic. But you knew who he was. And his first first author I ever knew before you get into school and then you learn, hear the names of Mark Twain and William Shakespeare and keep in mind in the late 70s, that's right around when Stephen King was starting to become a, a big pop icon. You know, and like I tweeted last week, Saying his work had a profound effect on me is is a huge understatement. The guy fueled my imagination right around the same time George Lucas did and, Spiel, and Steven Spielberg. And he, he was so unbelievably prolific. I'll never I, – a few days, literally two days before he died, I started reading the original run of Captain Marvel, which I will then dovetail into Ms. Marvel in preparation for the new Captain Marvel movie next year. And I was reading that book and I and it says Stanley Presents – edited by Stan Lee. And I realized he was so prolific. I will go to my grave, never having read everything he wrote. 
Certainly not everything he had his hand in as editor, uh, in particular during the 70s, my favorite period of comic books, Mar- 70s Marvel. And I said, God, that sucks. You know, I'll, I'll, never, I'll never get it all. And then I thought about it a little while, and I said, you know what? That's actually awesome that I'll never read all his stories because I'll go to my grave never having reached the end of that, that literary journey. And it is literature. I'll never read it all, and that's, that's awesome. There's, there will always be more. It, it never ends, you know? So amazing man. God bless him. I'm glad his work came into my life and Stanley forever. This is Jeff Winstead. You might remember me from such classic Blackcast episodes as the Thor Ragnarok movie review. That one time I talked with Christian about my superhero comic, The Alternate. I know everybody's heard this line about Stan Lee, that the thing that made his heroes at Marvel unique was that they were flawed. And that is true, but I'd heard it so often that it began to strike me as an oversimplification. Stan's writing, kitschy, melodramatic, and sometimes corny, speaks to us because he had a firm grasp on the human condition. You can find this in all of Stan's comics, but it's on full epic display in the Silver Surfer series from the late 60s. The Surfer is an alien who's been granted near-omnipotent power, He's trapped on Earth and struggling to understand and help the human race despite itself. The book is sweeping, Shakespearean, with an underlying theme of what does it mean to be human is a hallmark of each issue. The surfer would encounter people who represent the best in us and those who represent the worst, and despite being an alien, awkwardly display a fair amount of humanity himself. I've read a lot of Stan Lee comics, but the older I get, the more the surfer surfer has become my favorite. There's always a 1,000-pound hulk in the room when talking about Stan Lee, his relationship with his co-creators at Marvel, particularly Jack Kirby and Steve Ditko. And rather than get into all the complexities, many of which we'll never know because we just weren't there, I choose to focus on the end result. As an artist who's also a writer and a marginally functioning introvert, I feel I can speak on this with some authority. Both Kirby and Ditko left Marvel, and therefore Stan, and created characters at DC, and in Ditko's case, Charlton as well wildly imaginative, amazing characters, and some of my favorites, The Blue Beetle, The Question, and Dark Side. But the bottom line, none of those characters have had the cultural impact of Spider-Man or Thor. The formula may have varied character to character. The ratio of Lee to Ditko on Spider-Man appears to be different than that of Lee and Kirby on Fantastic Four. But the one consistent in the formula for making the Marvel icons is Stan Lee. And that's just the math of it. And greetings to you. Blackcast Nation and true believers alike, I am Sam Whitfield, a friend of the show and Bladcast superfan, and obviously a true believer and uh, devotee of Stan the Manly. I am uh, both honored and uh, saddened that Stanley, my childhood hero, passed away. He lived a great life, 95 years old. That's a huge accomplishment in and of itself. But when you consider everything he contributed to the culture and really American mythology and the fact that he was pretty much working right up until the time he died, that's equally amazing. I started reading comic books in first grade, so very early on when I was about six or so. And my first exposure to comics as a whole was reading the Spider-Man newspaper strip written by Stan Lee and John Romero Sr., which at the time when I was in elementary school was published in the local newspaper. It was in syndication. And uh, 
My dad took me to uh, the comic book store and I fell in love with comics and specifically Marvel Comics and Stanley's style of storytelling in particular. Stanley was a huge influence on my life and as I said, my childhood hero. His brand of storytelling and just his unique personality was really felt through the pages of those comic books. And in particular, his stories and the characters he created really helped me through multiple difficult times in my life, particularly my parents' divorce at a time when I really didn't feel I had anyone in my life. Stan, even through his storytelling, was able to kind of help me through that situation and really help me grow up and yet retain my humanity and learn what it is to become a man become a good man. With great power comes great responsibility. Uncle Ben said that in the comic books, but obviously we all know who really said that. Obviously it was Stan Lee. So I was a big fan of Marvel Comics from an early age. Even before the MCU became a big, big deal, I was kind of the last wave of millennials, as we're called, to kind of be in a pre-MCU era. In fact, I distinctly remember one year when I was in junior high, everyone would kind of scoff when I said that I liked comic books and, you know, I was kind of a nerd and weird. And the next year, literally the next year, that was when the first Iron Man came out and the MCU started up. And the next thing I knew, everyone was into comic books and whatnot. So I was a Marvel nerd before it was cool. You know, all joking aside, it was Stanley who was able to help make comic books, you know, relevant in the pop culture. He also influenced uh, just my liking for science fiction and whatnot in general. And um, there's just so much I could say about how Stanley impacted me personally and impacted pop culture. And um, I don't have quite enough time to go into my full Stanley story here on the Bladcast, although I'm very thankful to Christian and uh, the Bladcast crew for allowing me to appear on this episode. However, if you would like to hear uh, more about my full Stanley story and what he meant to me, you can check out my own podcast, The Whitfield Report, just by searching that on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you've got your podcast. I do a weekly podcast on popular culture and comic books, nerd stuff, a lot like Christian does, but then I also do politics as well. So I'm kind of a fusion of popular culture and politics. So if you like the Dennis Miller option, that podcast, and the Nick DiPaolo podcast, and the Bladcast, I guess you could say my podcast, The Whitfield Report, is a fusion of those. So if you're interested in those types of subjects, please check my podcast out. Again, that's The Whitfield Report, and I would, I really want to thank Christian for inviting me on to the podcast, and uh, rest in peace, Stan. Excelsior forever. And this is Stan Lee, proudly saying their friendship has lasted till this very day. Excelsior! Well, that's all the time we have on the Blackcast. Special thanks to our guests, Amy Cassandra Martinez. Where do people find you? All social media at Amy Cassandra MTZ. Zeal Anderson. You can find me on Instagram and 
wait, what's the other one? Twitter. Twitter. You can Instagram find and social media is what you were going to say. That's exactly yeah. what I was going to say. I was like, wait, that's not what it is. That's not right. The Twitter, don't follow me on Twitter. I do nothing there. Um, at Zia underscore land, it's XA underscore land. Jeff, do you if want to If you're a true believer, you can find me at Jeff DeRay on Instagram and Twitter. Excelsior! <laughs> Wait, that's my... That's I stole my it from you. Yeah, we will see you next feel? time on the podcast. <laughs> Excelsior! I already said that. And thanks to you, Spidey fans, for making Spidey and his friends the most popular superheroes of all. This is Stan Lee. Excelsior! Face run! Are you Tony Stank? Yes, this is this is Tony Stank. You're in the right place. Thank you for that. Never dropping that, by the way. Table for one, Mr. Stank. Please, by the bathroom. <laughs> this is Stanley saying Excelsior. <laughs> <laughs>